Hello everyone. In this class, we'll learn about learning and memory. The learning objectives would be define and classify learning and memory, give the types and significance of conditioned reflexes, describe the mechanism of learning and memory, name the brain areas involved in different types of learning and memory, and understand the physiological basis of abnormalities of learning and memory. learning and memory are closely associated higher functions of human being this is because the process of learning involves storage of new information in memory and its retrieval at appropriate time and process of memory involves repeated acquirement of new knowledge that is learning it is known that frequent learning of newer facts increases horizon of memory thus learning utilizes memory and memory utilizes learning though learning involves memory it is certainly more than the memory per se memory is the simple repetition of what has already been performed or stored whereas learning involves more than the simple use of memory it uses all less understood processes like reasoning cognitive process and common sense the common sites of learning and memory in the human bear human brain are the association areas of cerebral cortex and subcortical structures in the temporal lobe including the hippocampus and amygdala the association cortical areas imbibe sensory information from the somatosensory cortex and visual auditory and olfactory cortices they also receive information about the emotional feelings from limbic system these information are integrated with the previous experience of learned skills and are then stored in the memory coming to the definitions learning is defined as acquirement of information or knowledge by experience that results in the alteration of behavior learning is the sincere attitude and readiness to perform an assigned task it depends mostly on the motivation that creates adequate interest and attention to promote learning memory is defined as retention of learned information and experiences the stored information should be retrieved and utilized at any time in life whenever needed thus memory has four stages that is registration of memory that includes proper perception and attention failure of learning and memory occurs due to the impaired perception and attention because the material to be learned is never registered and assimilated then integration and retention learned experiences are processed and integrated by various structures in central nervous system and then retained at appropriate place in the brain in the form of short term and long term memory then recognition and recall at the appropriate time and place the memory is recalled for the proper use then reutilization memory the learned the learned experience is utilized for the improvement of further uh, in learning for further learning there are different types of memory memory is broadly divided into explicit or declarative memory and implicit which is also called as non declarative memory explicit or declarative memory that is uh, the memory of facts that is semantic memory and the memory of 
events that is also called as uh, episodic memory the explicit memory can be short term memory or long term memory then it is also uh, the classified as a implicit or declarative memory so there are further classification in the implicit memory they are priming procedural memory which are related to skill and habits can be associative learning in associated learning there can be classical condition and conditioning and apparent condition and uh, non associative learning can be habituation or sensitization coming to explicit memory the explicit memory also known as declarative memory is connected with awareness it has two forms memories of events that is called as episodic memory and the memories of facts which is called as semantic memory the declarative memory is dependent on the hippocampus and the other parts of the medial temporal lobes of the brain for its retention so it can be short term memory short term memory is the memory that lasts for seconds or uh, 2 hours during which the processing in the hippocampus and elsewhere lays down the long term changes in synaptic strength the working memory is a form of short term memory that makes information available for a brief period as a result of repeated training short term memory can be transferred into the long term memory which depends on the process called consolidation during short term memory the memory traces are subject to disruption by trauma and various drugs long term memory is the one that stores information for years together and sometimes for life long term memory traces are remarkably resistant to disruption this is broadly divided into explicit and implicit memory some forms of implicit memories also involve short term and long term memory then implicit memory the implicit memory is not associated with awareness and is therefore called as reflexive or non declarative memory it includes skill habits priming and conditioned reflexes explicit memory is initially required to develop implicit memory for example a learner of motorcycle riding initially remembers the steps of changing the gear uh, he changes gear with conscious knowledge till it becomes a reflexive habit to do so he changes the gear then without awareness once the skill is acquired the act becomes unconscious and automatic priming is the facilitation of recognition of words or objects by prior exposure to them an example is improved recall of a word when presented with first few letters of it procedural memory includes skill and habits which once acquired become unconscious and automatic non associative learning where organism learns about single stimulus example or habituation and sensitization habituation is a simple form of learning in which repeated application of neutral stimulus elicits less and less response the response that was first studied was gill withdrawal in aplasia when the gill is stroked after few strokes the response is not seen the withdrawal is an aversive response 
and if the stroke is harmless the animal gets habituated to it habituation implies learning and therefore can be studied for its cellular mechanisms it can be short term or it can be a prolonged if exposure to the benign stimulus is repeated many times habituation is a classical example of non associative learning sensitization is opposite reaction in which repeated application of the stimulus evokes greater and greater response sensitization occurs especially when the stimulus to which habituation has developed is coupled with a pleasant or unpleasant stimulus for example application of noxious stimulus to gill results in greater withdrawal of the gills that is uh, you see an increased responsiveness sensitization may occur as a transient response or if it is reinforced by additional pairing of the noxious stimulus and the initial stimulus it can exhibit features of short term and long term memory associated learning the organism learns about the relation of one stimulus with other the classical example of condition uh, the classical example for associated learning is conditioned response conditioned reflexes the reflex response to a stimulus that hardly elicited any response in the past but presently the response to the stimulus is acquired by pairing the stimulus with another stimulus that normally produces a response is called a conditioned response there are different types of conditioned responses there are two types of conditioned responses classical conditioning and operant conditioning conditioned reflexes have two components that are associated with emotional response and motor response the emotional responses are regulated by amygdala and the motor responses are controlled by cerebellum classical conditioning in classical conditioning in the beginning there is a stimulus that normally elicits a specific innate response the response which is already present without training the stimulus is called unconditioned stimulus later an arbitrary stimulus that normally does not produce any response on application does produce a significant response when paired with unconditioned stimulus the stimulus is called as conditions stimulus the typical example of classical learn conditioning is uh, the ian pavlov's experiment on salivation of dog first pavlov produced salivation in dog by placing a piece of meat in its mouth then he rang a bell just before placing meat in dog's mouth and repeated the procedure a number of times till the animal was made to salivate with the bell ringing and finally without even placing the meat in the mouth in this experiment salivation in the dog by placing meat in the mouth is unconditioned stimulus and bell ringing is conditioned stimulus salivation in response to conditioned stimulus sound or bell occurred by pairing it sufficient number of times with unconditioned stimulus that is placing the meat in the mouth finally conditioned stimulus produced a response even in the absence of unconditioned stimulus which was initially uh, evoked only by the unconditional stimulus there can be inhibition of conditioned reflexes conditioned reflexes can be inhibited in two ways the internal and external inhibition 
if the conditioned stimulus is presented indefinitely without unconditioned stimulus the response decreases and eventually stops this is called as internal inhibition or extinction conditioned reflux reflexes response can also be abolished if the animal is disturbed externally by uh, externally just after the application of conditioned stimulus and this is called as external inhibition so there can be reinforcement of conditional reflex it is difficult to maintain conditioned reflex indefinitely however if the condition stimulus is paired repeatedly with unconditional stimulus from time to time the conditioned reflex becomes permanent that is there there is a reinforcement of conditioned reflexes conditioned reflex can also be strongly formed by association of unconditioned stimulus with pleasant or unpleasant effect accordingly there are two types of reinforcement positive and negative reinforcement if the unconditioned stimulus is associated with the pleasant effect the positive reinforcement occurs and if associated with unpleasant effect negative reinforcement occurs operant conditioning in this type of conditioning animal is trained to carry out task or either to receive a reward or avoid a punishment the unconditioned stimulus may be pleasant or unpleasant unpleasant even the conditioned stimulus is applied as an a signal from in the form of light or sound that alerts the animal to perform bf skinner had extensively studied this type of conditioning operant conditioning the animal usually the rat is kept in the skinner box in which provision is made in a such a way that uh, pressing a bar results in delivery of food pallet or prevention of an electrical shock initially the response occurs by chance however later response occurs with a greater probability as reward follows the response that animal learns that food is obtained by pressing the bar or uh, the shock is prevented thus the reinforcement may be positive reinforcement by pressing the bar the animal gets uh, food or the negative re- reinforcement pressing bar animal prevents electric shock the conditioned motor response results in avoidance of electrical shock therefore this is also called as condition avoidance reflex or aversion conditioning another example of negative reinforcement uh, is if foot aversion conditioning uh, in which the animal severely develops aversion to particular food uh, if the taste of the food uh, that is unconditioned stimulus is coupled with injection of a chemical that develops physical illness that is conditioned stimulus coming to the mechanism of learning and memory the mechanism of underlying learning and memory may be divided into cellular it can be neural and it can be biochemical mechanisms coming to molecular mechanisms learning and memory are initiated and established by several neurochemical changes like increased synaptic connection neurotransmitter secretion formation of intracellular second messenger protein synthesis and gene activation in sensitization and habituation uh, uh, where sensitization and uh, habituation occurs due to the change in the neurotransmitter release at the sensory neuron terminal 
due to the alteration in the intracellular calcium. Habituation uh, occurs due to the decreased neurotransmitter release from the presynaptic sensory ending in response to a repeated application of particular stimulus. Serotonin secretion decreases from the modulator neuron. The stimuli gradually inactive calcium channel resulting in decreased calcium content at the presynaptic terminal that in turn inhibit neurotransmitter release. Sensitization occurs due to the prolonged action of uh, prolonged action potential in the sensory endings that results in increase in intracellular calcium which in, tin, which in turn increases neurotransmitter release. Serotonin release from modulator neuron has been identified to be the mediator. In sensitization, serotonin secretion is increased at the target sensory neurons. In the C. snail aplysia, the noxious stimuli causes discharge of serotonergic neurons uh, that end on the presynaptic endings of sensory neurons. Thus, sensitization is due to the presynaptic facilitation. Serotonin activates cyclic AMP in the sensory neuron terminal. Cyclic AMP phosphorylates one of the potassium channels that closes potassium channels. This results in slowing of repolarization and prolongation of action potential. This facilitates voltage-dependent voltage calcium influx into the sensory terminal that increases the release of transmitter by exocytosis. The short-term prolongation of sensitization is due to a calcium-mediated change in adrenal saclase that leads to greater production of cyclic AMP. Long-term potentiation also involves a protein synthesis and growth of presynaptic and postsynaptic neurons and their connections. In conditioned reflexes, uh, the molecular changes, in classical conditioning, pairing of unconditioned stimulus with condition causes biochemical changes in the target neurons. The basic mechanism involved is the prolongation of action potential that causes presynaptic facilitation. For the classic condition reflex to develop, it is important for unconditioned uh, stimulus should come soon after the condition stimulus to cause a temporal association. The unconditioned stimulus act on neurons that are activated by conditioned stimulus. Unconditioned stimulus increase calcium in the presynaptic terminal. The long term increase in presynaptic calcium alters adrenal cyclase activity. Thus, when conditioned stimulus activate the presynaptic neuron, adrenal cyclase is activated to greater extent that forms more and more cyclic AMP. Increased cyclic AMP causes phosphorylation of a, a set of potassium channels and closes the channel. This slows the repolarization and prolongs the action potential. Post-retinic post potentiation. This is the production of enhanced postsynaptic potential in response to stimulation. This enhancement lasts for up to 60 seconds and occurs after a brief train of stimuli in the presynaptic neuron. The tetanizing stimulation causes calcium to accumulate in the presynaptic neuron to such a degree that the intracellular binding sites keep the cytoplasmic calcium low or overhelmed. 
the relation between learning and long term potentiation the physiological process of learning is inadequately explained due to the complex mechanism involved in a repeated simulation of presynaptic neurons results in change in the excitability of postsynaptic neurons by altering the rate of discharge a new protein synthesis and neurotransmitter release the changes are found to be associated with learning the long term potentiation which is called as ltp is an important process for establishment of learning and memory unlike post tetanic potentiation it is uh, initiated by increasing the intracellular calcium in the postsynaptic rather than the presynaptic neuron increased excitability and change in the intracellular protein formation and by repeated synaptic stimulation are known mechanisms of long term potentiation that is ltp in long term potentiation initial step is the phosphorylation of number of proteins that are stimulated by formation of receptor mediated second messengers phosphorylation of proteins activates various intracellular enzymes and alters neuronal excitability in the later stage of uh, <coughs> ltp the synaptic connections between neurons increase the ltp occurs in the hippocampus in mammals that is long term potentiation this is a process of potentiation of impulse transmission in neuronal pathways in hippocampus that lasts for days to weeks when they are stimulated at high frequency the potentiation is mediated by calcium influx hippocampal long term potentiation hippocampal ltp is of two types the mossy fiber ltp and the shaffer's collateral ltp the mossy fiber ltp is a nmda dependent it is mediated by presynaptic transmission that involves cyclic kmp and ih a hyperpolarization activated cation channel in shaffer collateral ltp that is long term potentiation is initiated by increased intracellular calcium in the postsynaptic neuron and depends on nmda receptors increased calcium level makes glutamate receptors accessible to glutamate molecules in the amygdala the nmda dependent ltp is produced uh, in gabanergic neurons long term depression though long term depression was first described in the hippocampus it was subsequently demonstrated in all the fibers uh, as for ltp the ltd is just opposite of ltp that is long term uh, depression it is mainly characterized by a decrease in synaptic strength it is demonstrated by slower stimulation of presynaptic neurons and there is a smaller rise in intracellular calcium compared to that uh, as occurs in long term potentiation in cerebellum ltd requires phosphorylation of the uh, glue r2 subunit of AMPA that is alpha amino 3 hydroxy 5 methyl isoxazole 4 propionic acid receptors which may be involved in motor learning coming to the neural mechanisms the brain regions which are involved uh, are the three brain regions that have been thoroughly studied in the experimental animals especially in the monkeys and rat to understand learning and memory so 
these three important areas are prefrontal cortex infrotemporal cortex and the hippocampus prefrontal cortex the removal of frontal lobes in monkey resulted in delayed responses to different memory tasks it was suggested that spatial short term memory resides in the frontal lobe it was further investigated by ablation studies that the spatial short term memory is the function of dorsolateral frontal cortex the thalamic fibers concerned with memory project to the prefrontal cortex and from there the basal forebrain from the basal forebrain the fibers project to amygdala hippocampus and neocortex these fibers are mainly cholinergic in nature infrotemporal cortex the lesion of this part of the cortex interferes with visual discrimination where tactile auditory and olfactory cues remain unaffected the integrity of prefrontal and infrotemporal cortices is required for performance tasks that are relatively difficult thus it appears that the neural substrate for learning are task specific then another structure is hippocampus hippocampus is an important component of the pepe circuit which is extensively connected with hypothalamus thalamus amygdala and septum the combined lesions of the hippocampus and the amygdala produce significant amnesia than the individual lesions the neural basis of learning involves substrate of reward the hippocampus and the medial forebrain bundle are important structures of the reward system prefrontal cortex a seat of working memory is connected with the hippocampus and parahippocampal portion of medial temporal lobe bilateral destruction of ventral hippocampus in human causes striking deficit in short term memory they have uh, intact working memory and remote memory they are capable of learning new tasks and retaining pre lesion remote memories however they cannot form a new long term memory hippocampal connections with mammillary body that is hypothalamus amygdala and thalamus are also involved in the memory the lesion of mammillary body or thalamus causes impairment of recent memory hippocampal connection with amygdala is concerned with emotion related to memory by mri and evoke potential studies recently it has been observed in humans that activity in left parahippocampal cortex and left frontal lobe increases when they recall words and activity in right parahippocampal cortex and uh, right frontal lobe increases when they recall pictures new neurons are formed in the hippocampus in response to learning and memory neural mechanisms of declarative and procedural memory the declarative memory refers to the memory of events and facts and the ability uh, to knowingly access them the declarative memory is integrated in medial portion of the temporal lobe patients who have undergone bilateral medial temporal lobectomy for example for the treatment of intractable temporal lobe epilepsy lose their declarative memories or become incapable of forming new declarative memory but retain procedural memory procedural memory refers to ability 
to learn and remember new skills and procedures the procedural memory is integrated in different parts of the brain depending on the type of task learned and remembered the learning and memory uh, the learning and remembering new motor skill and habits require the striatum motor cortex and cerebellum remembering emotional components associated with the task and skills require amygdala learning the conditioned reflexes requires cerebellum and cortex the medial temporal lobe is not involved in procedural memory the neural mechanism of short term and long term memory the short term memory the declarative memory is divided into short term and long term memory the short term memory is that which can be recalled for seconds to minutes and long term memory is that which can be recalled for days to years learned experience experiences that are newly and recently acquired can be easily recalled using using short term memory for example before an individual dials a telephonic number first he sees the number and repeats uh, that mentally till the number is dialed and then he forgets the number quickly once he starts talking on the phone so this form of this is a form of working memory however if the number is repeatedly used for uh, or is an important number the number is stored in the memory for longer duration thus permanent storage of information is based on its importance or its repeated use or on whether it is associated with an important emotional event for memory to become more permanent processing occurs in subcortical areas that mainly uh, involve hippocampus the working memory makes the information available for a brief period the center for working memory is prefrontal cortex working memory has two components verbal component that retains the verbal memory and visual spatial component that retains visual and spatial aspects of objects that is spatial short term memory coming to long term memory the long term memory is converted into the short term memory is converted into long term memory by mainly three waves ways <coughs> by repeating process of learning frequently second by adding more Uh, that one sensory modality to process of learning for example writing and at the same time also hearing a newly acquired uh, knowledge and third by associating the process of a particular learning with a meaningful emotional event the process of permanent storage of memory is called as consolidation hippocampus plays an important role in consolidating memory which is reinforced by an emotional state that is associated with learning or experience the medial temporal lobe is important for long term declarative memory formation especially the hippocampal and parahippocampal cortices however hippocampus is not required for subsequent retrieval of long term memory long term memories are stored in the various parts of the neocortex various components of long term memories reside in concerned cortical regions for example visual and auditory parts of memories are located in visual and auditory cortex respectively therefore once long term memories are established 
they can be easily recalled by association with similar events that is visual auditory olfactory or somatosensory later in life intercortical transfer of memory the memory is transferred from one cortical hemisphere to the other through corpus callosum that is through the commissural commissural fibers anterior and posterior if these fibers are sectioned then no memory transfer occurs if animal is shown and taught some task with one eye uh, that is the other eye being blindfolded and then the blindfold is transferred to the other eye the animal remembers the task and can perform it but if the optic chiasma or corpus callosum is cut it cannot perform the task as it cannot remember what has been learned with other eye so this is called as split brain animal neural mechanisms of learning the prefrontal cortex is a critical for coordinating the process of learning and memory the cerebral cortex processes information related to learning and communicates them to the limbic st structures the prefrontal cortex gathers gathers sensory information from the somatosensory visual and auditory cortices prefrontal cortex integrates inputs related to language and mathematical ability in the light of previously acquired learning the prefrontal cortex is considered as a site of working memory the new experiences are processed in the prefrontal cortex the processed information is then transmitted to the hippocampus consolidation of information that occurs in hippocampus over several hours uh, into lasting form then the learned experience is stored in the association cortices from where it can be retrieved whenever needed role of cholinergic neurons in the memory acetylcholine is the major neurotransmitter in learning and memory and other cognitive function cholinergic neurons that are present in plenty in basal forebrain of the region project heavily to the hippocampus and different parts of the cerebral cortex the cell bodies of these cholinergic neurons are highly concentrated in the basal forebrain nuclei especially in the nucleus basalis of meyernet and the nucleus accumbens the cholinergic fibers are also main projecting neurons from the brain stem reticular formation to the thalamus and spinal cord more than 90% of the projection from the brain stem to the thalamic nuclei cholinergic loss of cortical and subcortical cholinergic neurons especially in the basal forebrain regions associated with dementia and uh, impairment of memory abstract thinking and judgment the brain areas for integration of various forms of memory are given as follows for explicit and uh, declarative memory uh, it is the medial temporal lobe for short term memory it is uh, hippocampus for working it is prefrontal cortex and long term it is various parts of the neocortex for implicit or not declarative memory the priming occurs in neocortex procedural memory in the striatum associative learning occurs at uh, which are mainly associated with emotional responses occurs in 
amygdala and with skeletal musculature they occur in the cerebellum with the non associative membrane which are reflex pathways habituation and sensitization then biochemical basis of learning and memory changes underlying learning is repeated transmission of impulses along neural circuits that results in permanent changes in the concerned neurons one important consequence is a new protein formation in the nerve cells increased rna synthesis in response to learning has been well documented recently it has been suggested that activation of a specific gene is responsible for learning strange strangeness and familiarity stimulation of some parts of the temporal lobe occurs uh, lobe causes the change in the interpretation of one surrounding such as the subject feels strange in familiar places or familiarity with the new events such of strangeness uh, strangeness or familiarity helps the normal individual to adjust with the different environments but inappropriate feeling of familiarity with the new events or surrounding is clinically known as deja vu phenomenon a french word which means already seen this phenomenon may occur in normal individuals however this usually occurs as uh, an aura and that precedes the onset of temporal lobe epilepsy some of the applied aspects related to learning and memory amnesia means impairment of memory there are two forms of amnesia that is retrograde amnesia and anterograde amnesia retrograde amnesia is a loss of memory for events that just precede the head injury or the disease uh, is called as uh, it is called as retrograde amnesia usually the loss occurs only for short term memory and retrograde amnesia occurs commonly in head injury in which the patient develops concussion anterograde amnesia the inability to call the memory or to form new memories after the event that is head injury mental shock or disease is called as anterograde amnesia anterograde amnesia also follows head injury but the duration covered by amnesia is usually shortens with the time dr brenda milner who observed a patient of dr wilder penfield in mid 50 first reported anterograde amnesia the patient had undergone bilateral medial temporal lobectomy for the treatment of severe epilepsy and after the surgery he was unable to form any new declarative memory dr milner was quite surprised to observe that the patient could learn difficult tasks perform better with repeated trials and retain the skill over a time however he could not remember uh, ever having performed the task before the different areas of cortex are responsible for learning and memory therefore the degree of amnesic deficit is proportional to the amount of cortex removed in the injury or involved in the disease process and the nature of amnesia depends on the part of the cortex involved this indicates that importance of cortex in learning and memory cholinergic synapses are mainly involved in the process therefore amnesia can be produced in animals by injecting synaptic depolarizing blocker or di so propyl uh, fluorophosphates 
uh, anticholinesterase drug. Dementia is a syndrome consisting of several intellectual inabilities. The deficits occur for many cognitive functions including learning and memory. It occurs in many conditions that affect the cortical functions. The commonest is senile dementia. The pathological dementia is commonly seen in neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease. However, drug-induced dementia and alcoholic dementia are not uncommon. Alzheimer's disease is the common degenerative disease of the brain characterized mainly by premature and progressive dementia. The, the etiology is there is a severe loss of cholinergic neurons projecting from the basal forebrain to the neocortex, amygdala and hippocampus, especially the fibers projecting from nucleus basalis of Mayonet uh, are severely affected, which is also called as substantia innominata. Cerebral atrophy mainly involves the frontal, temporal and parietal lobes. Pronounced neuronal loss occurs in hippocampus, entorhinal cortex and parahippocampal gyri and subiculum. Pathology. Three pathologic features are characterized are the characteristic of this disease that is presence of neurofibrillary, neurofibrillary tangles in the nerve cell uh, cytoplasm is the cytopathologic hallmark of the disease. These tangles are fiber-like stands composed of hyperphosphorylated form of microtubular protein tau. They appear like pairs of helical filaments. The other characteristic feature of feature is the appearance of uh, neuritic plaques scattered throughout the cerebral cortex. The plaques contain amyloid protein, that is amyloid B protein or A beta protein, as the central core surrounded by the G degenerating nerve terminal. Then then can be uh, granulovacular degeneration of neurons especially in the pyramidal layer of the hippocampus. Normally amyloid precursor protein is secreted from the nerve cell. So this protein is hydrolyzed by the enzyme uh, gamma secretase to form A beta protein. This protein is hydrolyzed at three different sites by alpha secretase, beta secretase and gamma secretase respectively. If APP is hydrolyzed by alpha secretase, non-toxic peptide products are produced. But if APP is hydrolyzed by beta secretase and gamma secretase, polypeptides with 42-42 amino acids are produced that are toxic in nature. The most toxic among them is A-beta S1-42. Uh, to 42. 142. These toxic polypeptides form extracellular aggregates that can bind to AMP receptors and they also bind to calcium ion and increase uh, calcium influx. They also induce inflammatory response and produce intracellular tangles. Eventually the affected cell dies. Excessive and abnormal hydrolysis of APP results in more production of A-beta proteins that form neuritic plaques. The neuritic plaques induce inflammatory reaction, tangle formation 
oxidative damage and neuronal de degeneration especially in the cholinergic neurons the clean features of alzheimer's disease usually the patient is above 50 years there will be progressive development of the forgetfulness is the major symptom the disease starts with the loss of short term memory and later followed by loss of other cognitive functions dysnomia is forgetting the words especially the names visual spatial disorientation paranoia and other personality changes usually occur the alzheimer's uh, is treated mainly with the cerebral vasodilators uh, stimulants and high dose of vitamin b c uh, and e have a beneficial effects trials of fisostigmine choline lecithin and cholinergic precursor and agonists have yielded some results so this is uh, in brief about learning and memory uh, with some of the applied aspects related to that thank you